thugs, lowlifes, henchmen, and fellow goons, we are gathered here to discuss the major thorn in our side, Plastic Man. Plastic Man! Plastic Man! Plastic Man! He's a real good guy in a bright red suit. And he always wears goggles and a belt that's a beaut. He was a crook, but he reformed and then he reformed and reformed and reformed again. Plastic Man, Plastic Man, the one, the original Elastic Man, always in great shape for the shape he's in, the fantastic. Hello, Plastic fans. Welcome to Plasticast, the podcast dedicated to the longest arm of the law, Plastic Man. I'm your host, Max Romero. As I've mentioned before, this is my favorite time of year. The trees bleed with color, there's a bite in the cooling air, and best of all, it's time for Halloween. Halloween is, of course, the best holiday. What other holiday asks you to confront your fears, to walk the line between the natural and the supernatural, to stare the bony face of death right in the eye sockets, and then rewards you with candy? Halloween is the best. The golden age of comics understood this, and Plastic Man creator Jack Cole was no exception. Like a lot of his compatriots, Cole had a comics background that included adventure, crime, and of course horror. All of this found its way into the Plast comics he was writing and drawing for Police Comics and the Plastic Man title, and was encouraged in the ones he just oversaw. Take issue 39 of Plastic Man, for example. Even though it had a cover date of January 1953, According to Mike's Amazing World of Comics, this issue was actually on stands October 8th, 1952, and it must have been a real treat for fans of the weird and the terrifying. In this issue alone, there were stories of a haunted house with a secret, crime and calamity in the fourth dimension, and a skeletal cult sacrificing a fugitive to Satan himself. Today, as part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network's Dark Podcasts of Forbidden Love, we'll be talking about the final story in this comic, a gothic-style tale set in an English village where Plastic Man and Woozy Winks find themselves dogged by a long-dead lord and his hounds of horror. Like the other stories in this issue, the writer and artist are uncredited, though the work does seem to be by the same artist throughout. It's a particular shame that the artist is unnamed because whoever it was brought a moody tone to the work, making the most of deep shadows and cinematic scenes. The reader is thrown headfirst into this artistic style with a literal splash panel, as we see Woozy diving into a stream to escape a pack of snarling hounds and a skull-faced demon on horseback. Bent around the curve of the full moon, Plastic Man overlooks the scene disguised as a gnarled tree on the English moor. The caption reads, The quiet English village was visited by a terrible apparition once again. After centuries in his grave, the savage Lord Halky and his hounds made dreadful sport with human lives. Plastic Man and Woozy plunge into the web of eerie danger as they seek to unravel the mystery of the Hounds of Horror. Our story opens with Plaz and Woozy arriving at a quaint English inn. Plaz startles the carriage driver by stretching his arms to grab the luggage while Woozy declares the inn is, quote, not a bad-looking dump. Inside, the duo are just about to ease into their vacation when a scream pierces the night. Rushing back into the street, Plastic Man sees a bedraggled man scrambling toward him. Terrified, the man tells Plaz that he was hunted through the woods by a man on horseback, and that the man's hounds would have torn him apart if he hadn't escaped. 
Huskman has his doubts, but the conveniently well-informed innkeeper pops out to say, I can answer that. He undoubtedly saw the ghost of the evil Lord Halki. And Platt says, A ghost? Aye, Lord Halki has been dead for more than three hundred years. He was a cruel tyrant in his day. Many is the poor serf who was hunted and killed by Lord Halki and his hounds. Ever since, there has been talk that Lord Halki haunts the countryside that once belonged to him. But this is the first time he's actually been seen. And Plaz responds, Nonsense! I don't believe in ghosts. If you think that was really Lord Halki you saw, let's go back and retrace your route. But the man says, Uh, I, uh, don't think that will be necessary. You've convinced me. I, uh, was probably suffering from an overactive imagination. Later, Plaz and Woozy are discussing the strange incident while getting ready to sleep. The two agree that the man and the innkeeper seem convinced that Lord Halki is roaming the countryside, with Plastic Man saying, I guess there's no use trying to reason with superstition. Woozy says, Yeah, some people are just plain dumb. Good night, Plaz. Suddenly, howls can be heard from outside. Woozy says, Huh? What's that? And Plaz says, Sounds like a pack of hunty dogs in full cry. They seem to be coming closer. Woozy dives under the bedsheet, saying, Lord, Lord Halki and his hounds! Plastic Man stretches his long legs out the window and says, I'll find out soon. Coming, Woozy? Woozy from underneath the bed says, No, not me. I just discovered that I'm superstitious, too. Plastic Man tears across the countryside. He says to himself, It won't be hard to locate where the hound's bane is coming from. The noise is loud enough to wake the dead. Soon he comes across a frightening scene. Good glory, it is Lord Halki. And there, riding wildly in his carriage, is the skull-faced Lord Halki. The next caption says, Maddened with terror, the horses veer away from their bloodthirsty pursuers. Plaz says, They're going over the cliff. And with that, the carriage and its horses go straight over the edge. Plaz stretches as fast as he can, saying, I'd better hurry. Stretching out and over the cliff, Plastic Man creates a giant hammock with his hands, catching the horses, the carriage, and the beautiful Gloria Ashley inside. She tells Plaz that before being harried by Lord Halki and his hounds, she was on her way to the inn, where her brother is staying. She was driving the stage herself because the driver refused to bring her from the train station. Driving her to the inn, Plastic Man soon discovers that Gloria Ashley's brother is the same man who had been hunted by the phantom Lord Halki earlier that night, Tom Ashley. It turns out that the siblings are both micropaleontologists, or, as Tom explains, the study of tiny fossils, you know. The area is a motherload of interesting specimens, Tom says, but he's had enough and is ready to abandon the area to Lord Halki. Gloria says she's sure it's just a joke gone too far, but this falls on deaf ears and soon the two are on a carriage out of town. Plaz and the innkeeper watch them go, and Plaz says, Well, there they go. I can't blame Tom Ashley for being alarmed. Both he and his sister have been hunted by the phantom horseman and his hounds. Aye, says the innkeeper, they're only the first to clear out of this section. Now that Lord Halky's been seen, folks will move away from here in droves. Plaz replies, Too bad, that means the end of your business. Later that night, Plastic Man is again awoken from sleep, this time by the clatter of hooves and carriage wheels. Gloria Ashley has returned, but this time she's alone. She explains that the siblings heard the baying of hounds again, and Tom was determined to investigate this time around. But, Gloria cries, he never came back. Plastic Man is on the case, this time bringing Woozy for backup, even though Woozy insists he couldn't find a goldfish in a clear bowl of water. But Plastic Man tells him that they have a better chance of finding Tom Ashley together, and they quickly come across the tattered remains of Tom's clothing. They are, Plaz says, too late. Determined to find the killers, Plastic Man says they'll pick up the trail faster if they split up, a prospect Woozy is far from happy with. Soon enough, alone and trembling with fright, Woozy hears the howls of Halky's hounds. Running away from the maddened pack and Lord Halky himself, 
Woozy trips and falls into the road where he's easy prey for a snarling dog. Suddenly, a red and yellow tree stretches out a branch and stops the dog with a clunk. It's Plastic Man! Plaz springs into action, subduing mad dogs left and right while Woozy laments his certain doom. I can feel those terrible fangs tearing into my flesh already. Oh, the pain of it! They're rending me to bits! The ghostly Lord Halky shouts, Plastic Man! Woozy, finally realizing that he's not being torn to bits after all, says, Did you say Plastic Man? Plaz replies, Curious, isn't it? Our spook knows my name, even though he's been dead for over 300 years. With that, Plastic Man clobbers the specter right in the kisser. In true Scooby-Doo fashion, Plaz reaches out to the downed apparition, removing the skeletal mask to reveal the face of Tom Ashley. Plastic Man explains to Woozy, Ashley only pretended to be killed, so he could carry on his impersonation of Lord Halky. He wanted to terrorize everyone in this vicinity so they would sell their land cheaply. Halky says, My study of tiny fossils in this region prove that it's incredibly rich in oil. Only certain types of fossils appear in oil-bearing strata. I'd have bought up the land for a fraction of its value. I'd have been rich. But you spoiled everything, Plastic Man. And Plastic Man says, That makes us even. You spoiled my vacation. Woozy says, Golly, Plas, he sure went to a lot of trouble. He was even willing to sacrifice his own sister's life. And Plastic Man says, He won't buy any cheap oil land now, but he'll get a free plot. A six-by-eight cell in the state prison. The End We'll take a quick break here, and we'll be back with more from The Hounds of Horror. It's midnight, the podcasting hour. From fetid swamps to creepy castles, the podcasting hour is your home for horror on the Fire and Water Network. Join me, PJ Frightful, on this quarterly anthology podcast that gazes into the mysterious and terrifying shadows of DC Comics. The moon is full and the bell tolls for midnight, the podcasting hour. Come back. Back through the Fire and Water Network. with the supermates. I said, come back. Back to the House of Frankenstein. The supermates present four blood-curdling films with an all-star cast. Lon Chaney Jr. I know you'll think I'm crazy, but in a half an hour the moon will rise and I'll turn into a wolf. Gary Busey. I'm a little too old to be playing the Hardy Boys meet Reverend Werewolf. Christina Ricci. I'd love to have a tame one, but I wouldn't have the heart to cage him. Corey Haynes. I want you to turn this into a silver bullet. Bela Lugosi. You should be careful. A person can get killed that way. Johnny Depp. No, you must believe me. It was a horseman, a dead one. Headless. Peter Cushing. Have you heard of the cult of the undead? Bud Abbott and Lou Costello. Do you know what could happen if I meet Dracula in the woods? I'll bite. Oh no, you gotta stand in line. Plus four monstrous battles with your favorite comic book heroes. I sense you're trying to resist this evil, Batman. Open your mind so I can help you. Destroy me, Sean. Booster Gold, Vampire Slayer. This September and October, come back to the Fire and Water Network and the home of horror and heroes. I believe you're in the house of Dracula right now. No, wrong address. 
come back to the house of Franklin Stein. Back. Back. Yes, master. He thinks I'm Dracula. <laughs> Welcome back. When it comes to sheer grim weirdness, Plastic Man number 39 is one of my favorites. As I mentioned, the artwork is layered with heavy shadows and dour faces, with a full moon giving hardly any light to the almost oppressive setting. Plastic Man's face is almost perpetually shaded, his malleable mug set into hard rock-jawed sternness by our unknown artist. Woozy's amiable cowardice and cartoony features are the only respite we get from a decidedly macabre tale. The art is a far cry from what readers, especially modern readers, might expect from a Plastic Man story, but somehow it works. I really wish we knew who the artist was, because the style pops up in other issues and is put to good use on other stories covering everything from gritty mob stories to more supernatural thrillers. The writing is also from an unknown creator, but it's solid and keeps Plaza and Woozy happily in character. These poor guys just wanted to go on vacation for Pete's sake. It'd be easy to dismiss the story as a lukewarm rehash of the kind of story you'd get from Scooby-Doo or The Twilight Zone, but it's worth noting that the issue has both of them beat by years. Who knows, maybe Rod Sterling was a fan of Plastic Man himself. Thanks again to all of you for listening, and special thanks to Mark Squire for getting me off my butt. Plasticast is a proud member of the Fire & Water Podcast Network. If you'd like to leave a comment, you can do that right here on the Fire & Water Podcast Network site at fireandwaterpodcast.com. You can find me at It's Plastic Man on Twitter and Facebook, and you can also reach me at itsplasticman at gmail.com. This episode is part of the Fire and Water Podcast Network Halloween crossover special, Dark Podcasts of Forbidden Love. So be sure to listen to our other shows. Have a spooky-ooky Halloween, everyone. And until next time, I'll see you in the home stretch.